Hello, everyone. Welcome to GCP. Once again, it's WCW 2000. And join us from sunny Grimsby to one and only Chris Wilson. Hello, Chris. Hello. I'm not sure it's... Uh... But if that's sunny, I just think it's because I've got the laptop pointed at my window at a minute. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I moved house for the other week, uh, hence why this episode's a bit late, considering it's fall brawl. Uh, but yeah, it's all still a bit of an uncoordinated mess in here somehow. So yeah. Have, have, you, have you moved far away? Literally on the same street. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah, I, I lived at number four before, now I live at number 25. I can literally point to where I used to live. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, I could see my house from here, that sort of thing, yeah. <laughs> apart, apart from moving, Chris, have you been well? Yeah, I've been doing all right, just a bit busy with all, all, all the usual life stuff, in all fairness, yeah. Good stuff. Um, I've probably been busy with too many podcasts being on there. <laughs> hey, uh, Bloody hell. Remember when I used to do four or five a week and I was like deaf at the end of them when I were doing a live shows? Well, fucking hell, I've hit the bottle now. I've hit Rhinebacker of Vice Beer from uh, my trip to Aldi yesterday. Nice, nice, nice. Speaking of Aldi, I'm on the Aldi Colombian coffee because I'm a bit knackered and I need for caffeine. Yeah. I went down the middle aisle in Aldi yesterday. I'll tell you what, they had no baskets as well, so I had to borrow one of the uh, disabled um, trolleys. <laughs> oh, bloody hell, really? So I didn't have to get a quid out for the bloody proper ones. Mm. It was a quid around. these days to actually get those trolleys out as well. I know, I know. When I go to Morrison's, though, there's always loads of bloody uh, trolleys around the car park, so they're all right, but yeah, I'll just quid. Tesco, you can get a free trolley. <laughs> It was there anything else in the Aldi weird middle aisle that caught your eye? Yeah, so I had some Seabrook latticed-style crisps. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not so, bad. Sounds good, yeah. They've started bringing out the Christmas flavours now as well. Pigs in blankets and um, beef well, the beef Wellington ones, which are quite str- quite strong beef. Oh, let's try that one out. Stronger sounds... beef as Brit rests. Uh, <laughs> But no, I had a good a little shop in there, just picking up bits and bats, going to the beer aisle, and uh, I got two double, two double IPAs, which I, I told our Jeff, and he said, oh, they're both rebranded, and they're both still shite. So uh, I did try them last night, and I, I can confirm, shite. Fucking shite. Fucking I will. <laughs> Honestly, best thing I've bought, not Aldi this week, was Namaslov pills, a pound a can from my corner shop. They must have been going out a day, but nice to see a bit of Namaslov pills in uh, in my local office. Anyway, talking of piss water, it's uh, WCW. <laughs> Three. thousand again. It's uh, fall brawl time. Um, it, well, starting off in August this time, Chris, but this is, um, I would say, one of the better, well, we'll say pay-per-views slash run up to the uh, pay-per-view. It's weird, isn't it? Because after the absolute shit show that was New Blood Rising, the Citizen Kane of wrestling pay-per-views, I think I put it last time, uh, what happens is here, apart from a bit of Vince Russo shooting hour going on again, uh, no, it, this is all 
quite well booked TV, if I remember rightly. Don't get me wrong, it's still like six million things happening in each segment and, and Vince Russo's everywhere, but no, it's no complaints from me this month. Um, so, shall we start with August 14, 2000 Nitro? So the show opens up with a uh, bro, Russo, mm. moaning about Goldberg. Brad Siegel wouldn't let Russo fire Bill due to the fans loving him. It ends up with Goldberg turning up eventually and facing Tank Abbott as per Russo's request. The segment ends with Bill flipping a table at Russo. There you go. Yeah. So, so uh, they're trying, trying again with the uh, Tank and Bill match, but Bill's like, ah, oh, fuck off. I mean, <laughs> you mean like literally Tank Abbott's with free count or he has been with free count with like nipples cut out on his shirt and all that lot. And suddenly we're supposed to take him as a... Um, a serious threat again, which is we pretty are. ridiculous. But I think for sort of line we're trying to draw here, because I'm, I'm like reading through the reports on DDT Digest just to refresh my memory. I've, I've seen all these lot too many times when I was younger. But it's a this whole thing about New Blood Rising, dear listeners, about Bill Goldberg going against the script. So now I think the idea is now this is for real Tank Abbott. This isn't Tank Abbott with free countdown with his nipples hung out. This is for real MMA shoot fighter whose record wasn't that hot, if I remember rightly, in MMA, certainly at a point. So, you know, he's not that much of a threat. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, so Kidman and Vito beat Shane Douglas and Reno uh, and then handcuff Douglas, Douglas. The natural born fillers, all clad in Levi's, attack them. I just put here, they look like male strippers. They did look like a scene from Magic Mike. Yeah, they did. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, yeah. <laughs> if this is about a time that we're finally going to get the natural born thrillers, isn't it? I think this is. Are we there yet, or is it just about to form now? It's just about to form now, so Mike Sanders is maybe a week or two yeah, after a week or two this. away. Yeah, yeah. So, like I said, everyone else. You know, your you Reno, your Palumbo, Stasiak, Jinjiak, Oha are now all together. And yeah, and, and the continuing saga of Kidman and Shane Duckers as well. Woohoo! Yeah, great. Fantastic. Do, do you remember when Douglas was feuding with Ric Flair and Kidman was feuding with Hogan? Uh, yeah, I do remember that. That was all of four months ago. <laughs> <laughs> Bloody hell, how time flies in WCW. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this has been through so booking about four episodes of Nitro within an episode of Nitro. So, in his mind, this is four years on. Um, so, the cat has got a new assistant. Mrs. Mrs. Jones! Mrs. Jones! Who will proceed to do fuck all during her career, apart from... Uh, I think Canyon uh, Canyon cuts her right towards the end of WCW. That's about it. Yeah, I think she does actually have a match somewhere along the line in this uh, in this run. I, I can wait to watch that one. Jesus, and it's not against Mark Madden. I mean, that's not one thing at least. Fucking Mark um, Madden. So, so um, Stacy Keebler announces a pregnancy. Hmm. You know, this is the follow-up to the uh, the famous. She had, um, you, you know, ba- bad wind at the. Yeah, um, she, she came with a sudden, sudden bout of pregnancy going on. 
Yeah. It made a poorly tummy. If you take some Imodium or something like that, it should be a bit better. Pepto-Bismol. going on, yeah, yeah. That was all that shit David Flair had on his on his on his body that that month. She could have easily just licked it off him, you know. It would have been Vince Russo level porn, but yeah, it would have been. Bro, you gotta lick harder. This is notably the moment that because she's been called Miss Hancock all along, but then she's Stacy Keebler as a name, and forevermore she's now Stacy Keebler as of August fourteenth, two thousand. Yeah, and the cat uh, keeps saying about Landstorms Power Rangers S. <laughs> I mean, it was a pretty much a Power Rangers costume. It was, yes. Uh, as we as we go into Landstorms match of the week, this is perennial opponent. Mike Awesome. Awesome has it won, but Jacques Rougeau attacks Cat the ref. Uh, PCO, old uh, Carlou Lett, gets involved and chokeslams uh, Mike. Quebecer's bomb is hit and then Storm locks in the maple leaf. Elix Skipper then wallops the cat. Storm wins and Team Canada is formed. Mm. There you go. Uh, This... No, this wasn't in Canada, was it? It was, yes. Oh, it was. Oh, yeah. Sorry, because oh, sorry. After four, Bob will go straight to Canada. I'm getting all confused now. So yeah, so uh, the Canadians cheat in uh, Canada, and uh, I mean, I, I assume they got cheered for it. But again, it's not not making Landstorm look like a world beater, is it? It certainly isn't. Certainly no. isn't. PCO. He was probably about twenty five at this stage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably not joking. Is he about? He's about fifty odd, so he's probably early thirties. Uh, early thirties, tough paper round, though. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so- and, and then uh, sorry, I jumped ahead of you here. Um, Storm then gives up his titles. He does, yeah. Yeah. So he gives the cruiserweight one to um, Prime Time. Correct. Yeah. He gives the, the Canadian Hardcore title to um, or PCO. Who yeah. we'll find out in, a, in an episode or so. He loses it. He does. I don't even remember him having that title and defending all fair. So I remember him giving the title away, but I actually completely forgot it was to him. Yeah, he ends up losing it to uh, someone who doesn't want the belt. So uh, we'll find out in a moment. Yeah. In a title rematch, it's Jeff Jarrett versus Booker T. Um, Jarrett smashes uh, Mickey J with a guitar. Jarrett with the stroke, one, two, but Bill Goldberg pulls him out and launches Jarrett into the crowd. Yep. Which he, ends up with Jarrett winning by D- DQ. Yeah. He is second ref book in a row, by the way. It's like Tony Khan's booking it or something, just the amount of repeated things going on. Tony Khan doing repeated spots. This this week, this week, Chris, uh, sorry to age this episode, well, they sort of like tease MJF might be a babyface spot in the mm-hmm. first match, and then tease Jay Lethal doing a babyface spot in the second half, in the second match with the same handshake. Oh, great! The wheels have sort of fallen off over there, hasn't it? It's a bit of a shame, really. Hmm. Yes. Um, yeah. I, I'm getting back on the WWE train. I'm telling you. Well, no. are you a fiendophile? <laughs> They need to be on a register to be one of them. Ooh, 
Well, you know what? I watched the pay-per-view. My God, what a reaction that fella gets. I, I hear. I mean, I think I saw, was it Ben or someone on Twitter, rightfully saying, like, in all fairness, it's undeniable. He may be shit, but the reaction he gets just shows a fundamental understanding of what, like, Vince McMahon's uh, audience was. Yeah, it was Fiend fans and Strowman fans. Yeah, I mean, it, all, it, it works to WWE, it's just not for me, but, you know... It's fine. It's a product I don't watch anyway, so it's fine. They're probably in the right place for it. Yeah. And um, so, uh, PCO versus screaming Norman Smiley for the hardcore title. I wonder who wins. Well, we've just spoke the result, haven't we? We did, yes. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Back to Norman Smiley. So, they've like a storyline where Norman Smiley doesn't want the hardcore belt, and duly, mm. he wins the belt. Yeah. Repeating what I saw like his original gimmick, he didn't want to be a hardcore wrestler, but he got into hardcore matches and was very successful at it. Mm. Back to that, well. So, um, with this one, Cal misses the uh, cannonball and Smiley falls back and wins the uh, hardcore title. So, it was a bit of a bit of fluky victory here. Mm. So, tag team title match now. The Filthy Animals against the Dark Carnival. This is the one where the Filthy Animals win the tag titles. Um, mm. Jesus Sting's interference um, to win the belts. So, it also had a few with uh, Sting and the uh, and the Goth Boys. <laughs> it's continuing. How? It's literally been going on since April and I've got no idea. Because Sting just kicks her ass every single time. Mm. He literally beat the demon in 35 seconds the night before. So, ah. I don't know anymore. It's been a waste of sting these last six months. I know Russo has a hard on for like these dark characters doing dark things, but Sting could have been doing better with this shit, surely. Yeah, I always remember in April, you said, well, we were on about Sting and Vampiro. And even back then, we were like, how do, you you said, oh, it goes on to October. This like, ow. <laughs> yeah, because he literally beats him in five minutes with it, on day six of a Russo Bischoff era, and that should be done basically. But no, here we are. Literally, never mind. Uh, six days later, six months later, we're still here going through all this shit with bloody Vampiro. Elite Skipper versus Kiwi. Um, Elite Skipper defends his belt. Um, Julie being uh, Kiwi. We have a four-way dance. Demon, Vampiro, Muta and Sting. Ugh, right, who, okay. Who wins? Well, Sting does, obviously. <laughs> yeah. He taps Muta out in three minutes. Muta as well. Wait, so you got for Demon and Vampiro then, yeah, ask great Muta to do the job. Yeah. Fucking Russo, honestly. This was back in the day when Muta loved to, loved to do jobs. Yeah. Dear, oh dear. But it, it's fun. It's, it was funny watching the watch watching these shows um, happening at the time when Muta actually turned up on AEW that week and like, what the hell? What, what watching two different products twenty years on and it's yeah. people involved. Yeah. So, so strange because even back then like, everyone thought Great Mute was getting old Sting was getting old and that was literally 22 years ago it's so yeah. strange 
of and just the, 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 the longevity of some of these wrestlers. Muta was due to have his IWC um, All Japan rug, which was supposedly great, where he won yeah, the yeah. and all that. Yeah, it's like, um, you know, you think about wrestlers now versus back then. How old was Randy Savage when he was put on commentary by Vince McMahon because he was considered all those fuck? 38, was it? 38, yeah. 30, yeah. And now, at 38, you're just getting started on NXT. It's bizarre. I think, um, listening to um, Grapple's Patreon show about the Millionaire's Club and New Blood, and they were running through the ages, like who were on Millionaire's Club side and New Blood side, and they're all the same age. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, like, you had Steiner and Douglas. They, they were both wrestling since, like, in WCW in the early 90s. And yet, here they were 10 years later. Like, Booker as well. I mean, I know Booker was probably a bit younger, but, yeah. So, talking of Booker, hey, you read me mind, do you? So, Booker T versus Kevin Nash WCW title. Oh, no, it isn't. As Steiner attacks Booker. Goldberg, Jack Hammers, Medasia in the back, which... I will say, going through this TV, Goldberg and Steiner, the build-up mm. was excellent. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, they uh, they just they just come come across as two badasses, and I did put a Stone Cold Bill Goldberg. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, because uh, this is another thing as well. Like, so Bill Goldberg's heel turn—that's over and done with now. That lasted what? Seven weeks, I think. He did, yeah. Yeah. You know, he he punched Jim Duggan in the kidneys a few times and now he's a good guy again. <laughs> well, that's what you got to do to get yourself over as a baby face back in 2000. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he foresaw Jim Duggan turn into Canada, so he tried to stop him by shiving him in the kidneys. <laughs> um, August 16, 2000, Thunder now. With a two-minute time limit handicap match, it's Chronic versus the Jobbers. Mm. Do, do we know who the Jobbers were? Because again, I have not watched these, but I'm just trying to look at this DDT Digest thing now. We've got one called Juggernaut, one called Michael Star. No, but that's about it. Yeah, no, I couldn't. I couldn't name them for love and money. Uh, apparently, they were from ECCW. I think ECCW. Yeah, East Coast Championship Wrestling. I, I think. think, I, think it, I thought. I think I've seen that name in um, like NWR. Wrestling Illustrated or something like that. I, I, I'm pretty sure I, I I've mixed a couple of guys from their role playing EWR back in the day. Definitely. Yeah. Um. So Chronic won in one minute and forty two seconds, easily beating the time limit. As Crystal Palace go two one up, easy. They didn't keep a clean sheet though, and I've got their goalie in there for some reason. So you know, bollocks to Palace. Bollocks to Palace. There you go. Jindrak and O'Hare versus Filthy Animals for WCW Tag Titles. The match ends in a DQ when um, the Natural Born Thrillers get involved with Mike Sanders. So this is. Oh, yeah, here, here we go, the formation. Point, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the six of them, the natural born thrillers. The old uh, NBT. Hi, Lene. <laughs> um, so, great muter now. This is the demon. Oh, no, it's the dark carnivore split. Great. Yeah, so, excited. 
so Demon, who was turned face in the last week, loses to the Great Muta um, as Muta missed the Demon. Moonsault, one, two, three. Demon looks a chump. He's a chump. This is 100 million percent the right result, but who gives a fuck anymore about the fucking Dark Carnival? And, and well, I, I well, see well, you've got to keep bringing in that ICP money. I guess so, yeah. And I'm, I've just seen a screenshot here again, DC Digest, and Vampiro looks like a really sad clown. I think this is him trying his best Bray Wyatt uh, sort of thing now, just trying to change his look a bit, you know. He's going to try to get those Fiender files before he's even born, you know. I've just got a picture of, like, fucking Krusty the Clown. You know, when he's on the steps and he's sending in the clowns. The clowns. That's happy. The happy clowns. The clowns. Team Canada versus the Misfits, um, which ends with Lance getting the win on Morris Rection whatever he wants to be called, mm-hmm. with the maple leaf. But shall we get into the main match of this show, which is a street fight? Oh, or, in these, just... or in these days, an extreme rules match, uh, which yeah. is Mean Gene Oakland <laughs> versus Mean Mark Madden. Woo. <sighs> Fucking hell. So... <laughs> And so, as we have loads of distractions from what is going on in the ring, with PCO, yeah. Smiley, and Vito, you know, fucking around at ringside, Gene lands a punch but only gets a two on Mark. Then the one and only Pamela Paul shot comes out, low blows Mark, and Gene pins him. I just put one word to describe this match shite or excrement. <laughs> Excrement's probably the best way of putting it. Just pure, yeah, just shit. Just unattractive mounds of steaming brown matter. Uh, Yeah, okay. I mean, at least it's hidden away in the thunder, in all fairness. It's not a pay-per-view match or anything like that, but... I think they both got. I think they kept both matches away on a funder. What they what they did have in the uh, long running feud. Yeah, in fact, in all fairness, I don't think any of this ever appeared on Nitro. It seems to be like a long running funder sort of thing, because it's been going on for a few weeks. So I seem to remember Madden getting a few matches with like Canyon and all that in like mixed tags. It's all been relegated to funder at the very least. So it's not the worst thing in the world. But bloody hell, is this where we're really at with WCW? I mean, yeah. yes, it is, quite clearly. Um, so, we have a shoot interview with Jeff Jarrett on a beach. Jeff Jarrett doesn't regret leaving the WWF, but says it ain't good having free regimes in uh, the space of 10 months in WCW. Yeah, well, no shit. He, he can't complain because they pushed him as the top guy every time. Yeah, they have, haven't they? Yeah, I'd say, what, three title reigns? Under, yeah. what? Yeah, in all three regimes, he's, uh, he's done all right. So he can't, he, can't, he can't complain for shit? No, he can't. I mean, I've, I've heard good things about these. Uh, I mean, I saw the, you sent me the link to the Goldberg one, didn't you, uh, for last month? And I, I sort of like this sort of thing. It's a bit, maybe a bit too kayfabe breaking, in all fairness, but just I think in the wacky world of Vince Russo booking, it's actually quite nice that you actually get to see wrestlers sit down 
and, and like give their thoughts and make them a bit more grounded yeah, uh, than, yeah. than what they are. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is all, you know, when, when Russo keeps like trying to do like shoots and going off the scripts and all that, surely this is the sort of realism he wants over bloody, oh, he's not following the scripts, bro. Yeah. Um, so August 21st, 2009, show the day before my birthday. <laughs> Unlucky. Uh, so Vince Russo offers Goldberg his talent release contract. But uh, Bill tears it up. I'm surprised Tony Khan didn't do an angle like this with uh, Andrade. The, uh, <laughs> Give it time. Give it time. Give it time. Should do it with Sammy Guevara as well. Shit out. Sounds like you should do it with all of them at this point. Nobody wants to be there. Mm, except for John Moxley, who's just signed on for five years. The Alan Pardew contract. Yeah. <laughs> so um, some sign says, it must suck to be Landstorm's mum. I don't know. Is it? I, I don't see anything wrong with Landstorm. No. He's just a well, well-mannered... Boring man. He's a romantic, boring Canadian man. Just like it with his Power Ranger ass, apparently. So, um, Scott Steiner uh, makes a visit to Goldberg's girlfriend's um, room. And um, this is the hotel room. And uh, Goldberg's uh, girlfriend, Beth, uh, just uh, lets out a yelp. And the camera cuts out. So, what has what Goldberg, uh, Steiner done with uh, Goldberg's girlfriend? Don't want to know. <laughs> uh, so, in- Insane Clown Posse arrive in WCW to beat up Free Count. Vamp Vampiro brings the uh, Juggalo heavyweight title. So this is, it- is this is this is like the um, fucking FTW of WCW. Yeah, yeah, of course. Is this like the, the third or fourth debut of ICP in WCW now? Yeah, I think it might be, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I feel like they always like appear every couple of months. Just like, oh, they've debuted in WCW. They're now doing this thing. And now they're really uh, talking up Juggalo Championship Wrestling here. I, Which I isn't even, it's not even its actual name, by the way. Go on, what, what's, its, what's its real name? I believe it's Juggalo Championship Wrestling. Championship? Yes, correct. I've uh, had I've had a few, I've had a few championships, the hangover shits. And, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, I had a couple of uh, cracking uh, champion, championships in my time as well. Have a look the, at this the, Guinness, the Guinness shits. The, yeah. The, mm. Yeah. Formally, <laughs> yeah, it, it was known as the Juggalo Championship Wrestling. Formally, um, they've dropped it now. I think they dropped the name in 2007. Yeah. So, yeah, obviously they couldn't say that on bloody Turner Broadcasting, but, yeah, Juggalo Champion shit wrestling, and yes, it was. So we have the uh, full debut of the uh, Natural Born Thrillers, all clad in cut-off T-shirts and jeans. Have we got the cracking theme song as well yet? Uh, I didn't notice it on the network. Ah. It might have been dubbed over, sadly. Oh, I think that is what that gets dubbed over, isn't it? I don't know what it's a rip-off of, but yeah, yeah, you're right. So, 
You sound, you sound like a chugging an engine like bloody Muter's theme tune, the Thomas the Tank engine theme tune. <laughs> what uh, racist Japanese uh, music of the week. Yeah. Six-man tag anyway. Filthy Animals versus the MBT. Sanders ends up pinning Disco. Um, and we also have Sean O'Hare, Sean, Sean Tom Bombing, Tigress, uh, who started to get more physically involved in uh, in things. I noticed that, yeah. More of this, it's crept back in again. You know, like in the first era of Russo booking, where like the women were getting more physically active, and it's not really happened that much so far mm. since the Russo Bischoff era. But yeah, it's starting to creep in again, definitely. We have Big Vito versus uh, Kevin Nash in a Sicilian street fight. Mm. Uh, match that you all wanted to see. Uh, which ends up with Nash giving Vito a beating for uh, 99% of it. Until yep. Booker T gets involved and causes a DQ in a street fight. Against Big Vito. Gotta protect Big Vito. That's like, that's like the number one priority. Yeah. Probably the Sicilian street fight was probably the most uh, protected, <laughs> protected booking uh, for a wrestler because we all know where the wall and uh, Mike Orson, where that goes. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> so Steiner brings Bill's go- girlfriend to the ring. I put here, she doesn't look like the real one. Bad acting with a Roland Rat expression. <laughs> yeah. It's just, yeah, yeah, Bill. <laughs> Um, it's a trap as Jarrett attacks Bill with a chair. So it's all it's all a ruse as um, Bill right. tries to save her. Uh, but Booker tries to come in and save Nash. Out, Nash takes him out as well, and then Rick Steiner cracks Bill Bill Goldberg with a pipe and handcuffs Bill and Booker. Oh. At a point, Nash was feuding with Stan and Jarrett about two weeks ago. Makes no sense. Weren't uh, Scott and Rick fusion about six weeks ago? Yes. Have you explained why they're now f- uh, f- friends again? No. Right. On to Thunder. <laughs> um, August 22nd. Thunder. Happy birthday, Andrew. Tank Abbott has had enough and left three count. It's, a, it's the biggest split, since, biggest split since Robbie left eight that. <laughs> well, I, I was going to say since John left the Beatles, but if you're going to, yeah, it's probably more like Robbie. You're right, absolutely. Oh, dear. Um, Mike Tanay interviews Medeja on her bed, like the big breakfast, like he's Lily Savage. Oh, God, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you remember this um, this segment? No, I just remember from interviewing people on a bed on Big Breakfast. <laughs> oh, that, that was one where Denise Van Alten uh, reportedly killed um, Bill Kazuna, <laughs> weren't That's it? That's right, yeah, yeah. We know what you did, Denise. It's not a coincidence that he died in a hotel in Liverpool as well. Didn't they shoot Big Breakfast near Liverpool? Um, might have been this morning. So Fern Britain probably killed Yoko. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm going by for recent news. It was probably uh, Philippe and Holly that killed him. <laughs> Probably while they were waiting in a queue. Uh, yeah, time to do it. 
Tanay says you're five foot hundred and hundred pounds. You haven't got a chance being a wrestler. I mean, this is this is the time where Mike Tanay was a twat to women. Okay, I mean it's harsh because her boobs must at least weigh hundred and fifty pounds. Ooh, they were huge yeah. and they were plastic. What can I say? I know, but um, yeah, Mike Tanay is um, you know, just with women. Terrible. They did this with him and me and Jimmy. Sort of, Russo changed their characters, so today he started becoming less subtle in his questioning, while me and Gene was just like arguing back against people. Now, that gimmick was funny, to be fair, but yeah, it's been this, a lot of change. This is in this month of telly where he calls, uh, I think, um, O'Hara prick. Or yeah, if, that, this is on four boy, like, tells O'Hara to blow up his ass, you prick. Yeah. <laughs> Which again, actually, very funny stuff. To be fair, um, so we have Tank Abbott de- debuting his latest song, "Ain't Nothing But a Tank Thing," which he, pro- he probably stole from the Tank from Transatlantic Wrestling Challenge. Um, who yeah. let the tank out? I don't know uh, if you remember that tune. Um, we have Mi Smooth versus Norman Smiley in an I Quit match. But Norman has hurt his throat, so can't say say it. <laughs> What's it? It ends up with Smooth saying, "I quit by accident," and Norman wins despite <laughs> despite Mi Smooth battering him all the match. Very funny, yeah. Fair, <laughs> fair enough. It was a good take on the "I quit" match, but yeah, yeah. yeah. Mi Smooth, what an idiot! <laughs> August twenty eighth, two thousand Nitro. It looks like they've reformed NWO Black and Silver with Russo, fuck's sake, with Jarrett, Steiner and Nash. Oh, yeah, OK. They're reverting back to January 2000. Mm. Where's Brat when you need him? He's around. He's around somewhere in a mall. He is indeed. Mm. Yeah, I'll say that's, that's what we needed again, uh, the NWO coming back. Not with the NWO name, by the way, just to point that out. Yeah, they don't they don't use it. Yeah. Um, so here's a triple threat match you all wanted to see. Yeah. It's Paisley versus Tigress versus Major Guns. Oh, I remember this match. This is a bit of an infamous match. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, Shall I do a play by play like move by move of a match? Go on. Um so um Literally, the bell rings. Tigress distracts Major Guns, who gets kicked to the back of the head by Paisley. Um, Tigress then like does that like a rolling bridge sex pin, yeah. and uh, the ref counts to three in 19 seconds. I think um, Paisley was meant to uh, um, push Tigress off, but she just forgot a spot. Yeah. Um, but you then the referee like says, "Oh no, that was a two count." But we've already rung the bell. We just fuck it all off. So uh, the, the three women just awkwardly fight each other for about two more minutes to fill up the time before the uh, uh, segment ends, and it's a massive hilarious mess. Yeah, um, just a laugh, a laugh. It's oh, invo- involving old uh, Queen Charmel. I know. Who, who would have another infamous uh, terrible match? Yeah. That's Hall of Famer, Charmel, to you. Hall of Famer? Fucking hell. You just got to think, how much did they pay? pay? <laughs> I think based on... One off. Based on rest of the ability alone, I think I fancy R2's chances of getting in the WWE Hall of Famer. She's in there. Well, 
Yes. Uh, so we have a uh, Mike Awesome, who is now that seventies guy, Mike Awesome. Oh, so we, here we go. Okay. So <clears throat> we have got, we have gone from the career killer to the fat chip thriller to now that seventies guy with a, a lovely perm, a, a mullet. Sorry. Yeah, and had a cracking blue suit as well, if I remember rightly. He did. Yeah. Yeah. It, it yeah. looked all right. In all straight, fairness. Straight out of Burton's with that suit. <laughs> Man, you if it was Burton's, it would have been about dark brown or dark blue, because that, that were the only colours Burton's ever did back in the day. Correct, yes. I, I got my first suit from Burton's. Yeah, I can confirm. Pack it up, pack it in. Let me begin. It's the House of Pain cage match uh, with the Harris boys. This is chronic oh right yeah okay I, this i remember this i did oh, scott reference that for well as well yeah this is the um four big lads and they're so big like muscle dub statues but they uh not even house of pain can contain them as they fall through the cage yeah match ends in a no contest <laughs> <laughs> Imagine how much time and money it spent to put that cage up as well for the day. Yeah. Well, what was the match? Two and a half minutes, if I remember rightly? It was, yeah. So a no contest in a cage match. Yeah. It, 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 what WCW do at this time, especially this month, it's just rendering these um, just gimmick matches. Just, uh, just why bother? Yeah. And bear in mind the main event of the next pay-per-view is a cage match between Booker and Kevin Nash. Yeah. And they're saying that it's not even that good a cage. It just breaks easily. Bit don't, shit, really. So just don't, don't bother. Yeah. Uh, and, and especially because this is uh, Vince Russo's uh, kinky sex dungeon cage as well, isn't it, with the handcuffs? It is. Yeah. <laughs> it is, yeah. Kinky sex. Yeah, even his kinky sex dungeon isn't, you know, containing... His inner desires anymore for breaking free. I, I, I'm surprised. It, it, well, it was it Medusa he had in the kinky sex dungeon. Yeah, he did at one point. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and, and you, um, you think and, you, uh, Kimberly, you, was you, it? Miss Elizabeth. No, Miss yeah, Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you think he would have gone down a Miss Hancock route? I mean, he probably wanted to at one point. Just haven't got around to it. Yeah, Miss Hancock versus Tory Wilson in the kinky sex dungeon on a Palmer cage match. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, uh, anyhow, yeah. Talking of um, <laughs> talking of shite, prisoner of war match is next. Um, so it's Storm, Landstorm versus a Wall. Loser must give up a member of their team to the other other in a tables match. Now, if we've learnt before. Oh, it's no. the wall in tables matches. What happens? Well, he always loses. I don't think he's actually won a tables match since we've been discussing the history of 2000. Wall goes through a table. Yeah. <laughs> and Storm uh, uh, wins and gets yeah. major guns as his prisoner. And according to this report as well, this, ha- this lasts a minute. The wall loses table matches in one minute. Yeah. Yeah. What a chump. Bad skills, bad skills, wall man. Mm. Mm. Excuse me. Kevin Nash versus Booker T for the WCW title. So the referee for this match is Jeff Jarrett. 
So um, part of this match is Russo on commentary bemoaning Jarrett about his refing, you know, saying, oh, he's, he's, he's still doing counts and have you, what have you, and not, not, not doing his role right. Well, yeah. what? It's all a swerve. Of course it is. It's as, always uh, is a swerve. As Russo passes Jarrett, the ref, the guitar to wallop Booker T. Um, yeah, swerve. Says it ends up with a jackknife from Nash to Booker. And it's a one, two, three. Nash wins. New champion. Which, uh, bear in mind what Booker's actually had for the longest title reign so far for post-Russo-Bischoff era. Of about 38 days or something. Correct, yes, about 38 days. It's like a bloody lifetime in the Russo's vision of WCW. So, got to make sure Kevin Nash gets it for a couple of weeks. I think, um, I think Jarrett's reigns are told up to about 30-odd days, about yeah. five reigns. Yeah. yeah, about five-time champion, 30 days in total. Was he that good a champion? No, he wasn't. No. No, he always made to look like an idiot. Mm-hmm. And lucky, and lucky as a champ. Um, so, August 30th, thunder now. Scott Steiner looked a mess after Goldberg battered him. He looked like, looked like a big, uh, looked, like, looked like a panda, Chi-Chi. Oh, yeah, with the black eyes and everything, yeah. Yeah. Um, Kevin Nash challenges the uh, natural born thrillers to prove themselves in matches chosen by Nash, which ends up with the natural born thrillers losing every match. Sounds about right. <laughs> then we have uh, Jeff Jarrett versus Queewee in a tune up match for Jeff, which ends with Awesome distracting Jarrett, but Queewee only gets a two. Despite a valiant effort, um, Jarrett wins with a stroke. We have um, Paul Orndorff, who's um, a factor in this um, this month of telly. Yep. This is meat, old Sean Stasiak, in an arm wrestling match. So um, they try and start this arm wrestling match, and Orndorff thinks balls to this and just batters meat. That sounds... I was about to say, he does what now? He batters meat. He batters <laughs> meat. <laughs> And all of the new blood, uh, the, what's it, the natural born thrillers with a chair. So, 50 odd year old Paul Orndorff, knackered, yeah. beats up all you young guys. Yeah. After having an arm wrestling match when uh, famously one of his arms was bigger than the other due to like, atrophy uh, for, from nerve damage. All right. If you, um, if you look at any pictures from him after the, actually from like the mid 80s, his right arm is significantly smaller than his left arm. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah Google that one. It's just like due to nerve damage, and as a result, he couldn't really get any more mass on that arm. It's not like Beadle, is it? It's like a, it's basically Beadle, but uh, with his arm instead. Ah. Yeah, yeah, there you go. So I, I think that was a bit of a Russo dig as well, having him in an arm wrestling contest. And Stasiak as well, losing to a man with short arms. Yeah, <laughs> like a T-Rex. September 4th, 2009, Nitro, now Russo's Revenge. Yeah, so I uh, said to this to you uh, beforehand, I think, in all fairness to Russo in particular, this is one of the best single episodes of Nitro that they ever did. 
because it was based around so it's War Games 2000, which for anyone unaware, it is the triple cage from Slambury from Ready to Rumble repurposed as a War Games match, which, in all fairness to him, isn't the worst idea in the world. And um, I'd have to we have like a tag team match between the Filthy Animals and the Insane Clown Posse, which was an all right match actually, um, a clean finish if I remember. Um, Russo comes out and basically says that everyone on the babyface side has to have qualifying matches and if any of them lose their match they'll be replaced by the guy who beats them so it sets up a very nice show long um, storyline as well leading up to the main event mm. so they, they actually all I think they all end up winning as well no Chronic was supposed to be the match and they, uh, oh no yeah. so, sorry um, the cat loses a handicap match against Chronic. I did a very funny bit. Jeff Jarrett points out, you, uh, you fucking idiot, Ruth. So that means now both members of Chronic are in the match. Yeah. Um, so uh, let's have a see. So WCW tag titles, um, ICP versus Ray and Uvi, Violet yep. J. I, I put here, uh, this is Violet J and um, what's he called? The one, Shaggy 2 Dope. Shaggy 2 Dope, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do put Violet J does a great press slam on Ray, like a like a digger. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just lifts him up like that and fucking jump, launches him. Uh, mm. Ray of Ray and Uvi eventually win that one. Um, we have the first appearance by on commentary. Scott Hudson has been replaced by the one and only JB Jeremy Borash. Oh yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um... And I think he has his head shaved as well as like a sort of, if you shave your head, we'll put you on the commentary team sort of thing. And then he's on commentary for the next couple of weeks. And I think he did an all right job, actually, if I remember rightly, old JB. Yeah, yeah no, he's, he's actually very good on commentary. Yeah. Well, to be honest, he's actually very good at any job he does in wrestling. He is an all fair, so he's always been like a great utility man. And him eventually... Getting that job in WWE all those years later was well deserved because, for all intents and purposes, he's like one of the hardest working men in wrestling and always has been. Mm. Um, so we have the Harris boys attacking Chronic in a pub. Yeah. So Great. it's basically um, a rehash of what Russo would have bought in um, WWE with like I was going and... to say, this, this sounds like, like an APA New Age Outlaw sort of thing, doesn't it? Mm. Um, we have Sting versus Vampiro in a qualifier for Russo's Revenge. Who wins? Ah, well, Sting does. Oh, to make it even worse, because uh, I do remember this one. It was actually Vampiro and Great Muta in the handicap match. Mm. Sting wins yeah. in a minute. He does? Literally a minute and nine, if you want to be really accurate. <sighs> he always beats these, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. And yet he's still feuding with him somehow. Well, he just fancies the wind bonus, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he just loves going to that pay window. Stevie Ray versus Booker T. The Battle of Harlem Heat. Yeah. In a you mean for one really good brother and one really crap brother who always rode on his coattails. Yeah, but who was that good? They shoved on commentary. Yeah, basically. Booker wins Booker. in two minutes. Booker wins in two minutes with a bookend. Franchise Shane Douglas now versus Goldberg. Dear, oh dear. 
so we, we have the natural bomb thrillers getting involved and all of them get smashed by Goldberg. We have a Goldberg spear, jackhammer, one, two, three. Yeah. This was the worry for Russo, weren't it, that um, Goldberg had actually get into the cage and uh, I think he, Russo give Goldberg licence to like, wally him for one night. Yes, uh, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, Russo's revenge, WCW title at the top of the three-tier cage. Mm-hmm. So, the, whoever got up there had to bring it down and actually go through the cage. Yeah. So, it's Jarrett, Jarrett Steiner, Russo, Nash, Sting, Chronic, Booker and Goldberg. That's right, yes. Yeah, yeah. So, um, what did you think of it? Like, at the time, what, what did you think of this match? I know it um, gets brought up quite a bit. Um, in WCW 2000, like, oh, not brilliant. But when I watched this, I thought, it's a good idea. And Kevin Nash had the right idea, just standing at the door. He, he did, yeah. I think um, what sells it for a lot of people is just the ending of the match, which for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's basically um, it's a bit of hot potato with about being thrown around because the... In, in this versus the slumbering match, you've got to go all the way to the top, but you've got to escape the cage at the bottom again. So you've got to run through a gauntlet of people to get out, which again is a pretty sound idea. Um, I think the issue people have though is basically it's a cheap Russo Nash swerve where Russo's like, oh, he's got the belt, he's about to walk. He's like, oh, here you go, Kevin Nash. You have the belt and you walk out. And we all like walk out to celebrate together. Yeah. Including Steiner and Jarrett as well. And I think that puts a lot of um of bad taste in people's mouths. But I actually think this is one of the best matches in WCW two thousand. Yeah. Um, I, I, I I think it's up there as like a three and a half, three and a three quarter match. It's ex- it's an exciting match in my opinion. There's well, just so well, much going on at any given time. But it's like it's like it's sort of like Steiner and Jarrett don't want the title. It is a bit, yeah. You sort of gotta uh, have some sort of sense of disbelief that they've agreed, even though they can with the top themselves that they've like teamed up with Kevin Nash for him to keep a belt. But I, I think as a one-off sort of match, as like a a good gimmick to celebrate, because this is also the fifth anniversary of Nitro this episode. Obviously launching in September September fourth, nineteen ninety-five. This is September fourth, two thousand. You, you you sort of can't believe how fucking quick it went. Just went downhill. Correct, yeah, it only lasted five and a half years. Yeah, if, it, if, if you think AEW's been going three years, yeah, yeah, but about it's been say, going longer, doesn't it? Um, in terms of AEW, it's quite apt at the minute given everything going on backstage. In terms of a timeline, it's already mid 2000. I know it's just the beginning of, yeah, it's sorry, yeah, it's September 1998 in, in terms of equivalent timeline in, in AEW, which seems quite apt at the minute because it all seems to be thawing apart politically. Was um, uh, I was trying to think September '98. Did it start going downhill then? Ultimate Warrior appeared, did he? For that old timer with Hulk Hogan. Oh, yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. Oh, then, like uh, then you have the War Games with Warrior, Piper, uh, Goldberg, and the two NWOs, which was an old timer shite one. Uh, yeah, and this is like Scott Hall that, with his out. The War Games, didn't it as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was you had like Scott Hall as an alcoholic, and yeah, creatively the wheels really fell off. It was in danger, quite like night ninety eight of happening. But here in September night ninety eight was when things really started going to the pits for WSW, in my opinion. Mm. 
So, yeah, the faces in the match look, all look like idiots again, as ever. <laughs> as always, correct. As we go to September 6, 2000, Thunder, Mike Orson presents a Lava Lamp Lounge, which ends with Mike being it, but it, it with a guitar shot uh, by Jarrett. Yeah, great. <laughs> Mike Orson seemed to be hanging, about, hanging around with Pamela Polshock a lot at this time. Mm. But he, he wasn't really interested. To be honest, he wasn't really interested because he was into his fat chicks. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because there was a bit where Pamela Polshock was into Mike Awesome and then he was like, oh, no, I, I, I like him bigger. So we had um, a shot of Bret Hart's dressing room. And lo and behold, who was one of the security guards outside? This, this is a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Say no more. One of the security guards outside? I don't remember this. Yeah, so one of the security guards outside. You know they were all ex-like TNA wrestlers? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, this is, uh, if I said to you... Hearts, hearts. Not Teddy Hart, was it? No, if I said to you, Bentley and Bounce. Hey, really? Nice. Outside of Bret Hart's uh, dressing oh, okay. room. You mean so, Shawn Michaels' Shawn, cousin? Shawn Michaels' cousin. Okay. Oh dear. Yeah. I thought, I thought think... this is a bit of a wink wink nudge nudge say no more. Yeah, I, I, I can't believe everyone was doing the Bentley Bounce in the WW two thousand. Yeah, so, so Michael Shane was actually outside the uh yeah. at the dressing room. Just makes me want makes me want to do this down here. I was waving the air bouncing up and down like you know, people in front of TNA crowds. T and TNA crowds loved it, didn't they? Oh yeah, yeah. If that's like that and whoa, abyss, whoa, abyss. Yeah, if there were a few times during those early days of impacts where the crowd were like, it was for better or worse like a Brit Res crowd, <laughs> back in the day. Yeah. Um, so yeah, um, we have a Bret Hart and Goldberg in ring face off. Mainly about what Bill did to Brett at Starcade '99, um, which, oh God, it's a very similar segment to. Um, if you, I don't know if you remember the segment where Brett Hart's in the cage after a match he'd lost in WWF, and he, and then Vince is on the outside, he's telling they're all against me. And yes, I do remember. Was it the same sort of vibe? It's a very similar vibe to that. Okay. It's just so ultimately Russo repeating some of his bucket again. Yeah. But the, 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 the strange thing is... Ooh. Um, strange thing is... Um, have you, has your horse just won? Yeah, that, that I've had a tight two or three winners. Uh, but uh, <laughs> strange thing is, like, like Brett Hart's not actually going to be turn anywhere. He's not going to be wrestling. That's... I know. I, I think I think we already know this as well. I think he might have had his Lloyds of London come in and, and everything. You know, they know he's not going to wrestle. But yet, I think there's still... Maybe it's been through so feeling a bit guilty trying to get some monies without Bret Hart because he probably knows... Because Bret Hart gets sacked next month due yeah. to, like, budget cuts. And I think he's trying his hardest to keep Bret on TV to basically say to... The executives high up for him in WCW and in Turner. Hey, no luck. Brett's still doing stuff on TV. You've got to keep him around, bro. 
and obviously it's just not happening. It's quite clear, but it's just appearing once in a while and doing fuck all and then walking off again. Oh no, bloody hell! Well, I don't. Oh, I'm pausing it. Yeah. Oh, we're recording again. I think. Yeah. Um. So. Um. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and we're back in the room. Sorry for that interlude there. There was in some important news dropping on uh, on Twitter that uh, we didn't want to repeat on the uh, on the podcast in case people were listening. You know what they're like nowadays, Chris, don't you? Uh, I don't know what you're on about. <laughs> if, 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 if this is your first and only ever podcast that you've had. Yeah, I don't know who them graps and claps wankers were. Not a clue. Not a clue. Bunch of twats. Anyway. Yeah, so um, we're back on the on the Brett Hart segment. So um, this is a lot like Brett moaning, like you cost me my career and that by doing that mule kick, and ends up with the segment with uh, Scott Steiner attacking Bill and putting him in the uh, recliner. Mm. Continuing their uh, really good month for telly. Yeah, yeah, but I say it's as I was just saying before. Again, it. I think Bret Hart was there more to try and basically keep his job because I think the new budget cuts were coming, but obviously that didn't really pan out. And yeah, I'd say, but unfortunately you just got to move on from Bret Hart now and it's all about the likes of Goldberg against Steiner. And and as you say, it's been a cracking feud anyway. I, I'm surprised because I don't think they properly feuded before this, did they? Um... I don't think no, they've ever did. did. No, this was proper. I'm amazed. Sta- it's so... Steiner had always been the mid card with. Um, well, like with Buff Bagwell, like Booker T, and, and, and all that. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, so, I'm, I'm, so I'm just amazed. I, mean, I know Scott Steiner's singles push came in probably a bit too late, but I'm amazed it took him more of like what two and a half years after he became big proper pump to finally get to this point. Yeah. And and but... the chemistry we have as well, as we'll discuss later on. Fantastic stuff. It it was such an obvious thing. In fact, if anything, go back to that Russo Bischoff, everyone facing like their future self. I mean, I know Scott Steiner was probably older than Bill Goldberg, but that should have been a feud instead of bloody Goldberg Tank or whatever the fuck they were doing. Yeah. Well, I think we said that then, like Steiner should have actually had the belt. Yeah, I reckon so. I think he should have been crowned the champion a lot sooner than what he does do. Yeah. Um, so next up, we have um, a rematch between Vampiro and Sting. <sighs> Fuck me. Really? Yeah. Why? Vampiro and Sting once again. So it's like either Vampiro or Sting, but if they're the type of just for dinner every single night, they go to Weatherspoons and we order the steak. And that is it every single night. Yeah, like, yeah. I thought, yeah, I'll have another match with Vampiro, please. Like, oh, right, okay. But I would say the definition of insanity is, is doing the same old thing. But and you know what? I feel like I do that sometimes. Going to Manchester, drinking. <laughs> I just thought you meant in general going to Manchester. No, no, yeah. I, can, I, I can see that. You know, you know, in the space of about a week and a half, two weeks, I've been to the Crown and Kettle about four times. Yeah, it feels like you've sort of exhausted your options in Manchester a bit for now. Yeah, yeah, I do, I do, I do, I do feel like that. You need to be like the old NWA champions. You need to like you leave the territory for a while. 
Well, that's what I basically did with Brit Rest, leaving the, leaving the Northwest Territory for eight months, and then dabbling in a bit of North Lincolnshire and uh, yeah. South Yorkshire. Fucking hell. Oh, I was about to say, you're, you're the champion of Grinsby Graps now, so, you know, you are embedded in our territory. Great stuff. <laughs> um, but, yeah, who wins? Oh, Sting. Oh, what a surprise. Um, Scorpion Death drops Vamp with a 1-2-3. Violent J says Vampiro won anyways as it was a juggle old title match. <laughs> <laughs> right, good Just like, don't have like. the match. Yeah. Here we go. Team Canada versus Bill Goldberg. Two on one handicap match. Uh, which is Elix Skipper and Lance Storm. I wonder who wins this one. I mean, obviously, I'm just reading here. I'm, I'm just amazed. I mean, that Storm does the job instead yeah. of Elix Skipper. Yeah. Yeah, right, okay. Is that the main event as well? Oh, bloody hell, okay. That is, that is, that is the main event of this uh, of this show. Yeah. There you go. So, September 11th, 2000 Nitro. Um, bloody hell. So, we have Jeff Jarrett handcuffing. Hand, Jeff, Jeff Jarrett's handcuffed and beats Mrs. Jones in a match. I'll tell you what, Mrs. Jones actually does all right for like a couple of minutes of this match, and then uh, I think Jarrett just like fucking waffles her with a guitar to win. Hey, this sounds like we're back in Vince Russo's sex dungeon again with his handcuffs and his beating up women. Great, fantastic. Mm. Mm. Well, you now um, that turns him on. Hacksaw um, Jim Duggan announces his retirement. Hmm, I wonder where this is going. Yeah. Is this, because, Re- this is because oh. Goldberg shifted him with a kidneys far too many times. It might have been, yes. That, yeah. that baby face Goldberg, baby face Bill. Uh, <laughs> so, um, actually, General Rection beats Lance Storm after Duggan White Storm. One, two, three. Rection wins a non title match, but we'll get into what happens with that storyline along the way. Yep. Here comes the bride. Here comes the bride. Stacy Keebler and David Flair. Here comes the bride. Wedding. Oh, Rick fuck Flair, no, is this a wedded episode? Oh, Jesus. It okay. is. Rick Flair returns with um, his new hair. He looks much better and younger. I think he'd look really good, that look that he had. I mean, it was very too early 2000s, that sort of like... He should have had frosted tips. If he wasn't already bleached blonde hair, he would have frosted tips, but... I think he looks much better than what he did before and after this. Who, who was the one who wanted him to shave his hair in the 90s? Weren't it Jim Hurd or something like oh, that? Oh, so, so become... Um, Spartacus. Spartacus, that's the one. Thank you. Yeah, that's... yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you know what, Rick? You look better with this hair. He does. He does. So Ric Flair returns. The cops arrest Rick Rick due to a restraining order from Russo where um, Rick couldn't get in within 50 foot of, uh, of Russo. Right. So the wedding, the wedding was postponed until the second hour. Oh, good two weddings then. Excellent. Crowd chant bullshit. And Sh- Shivani says, 
Vince Russo was struck again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's for line, isn't it? Yeah. The famous meme. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, actually watching Soccer Saturday yesterday, and there was a Shivani who scored twice in Scotland, and Jeff, Jeff Stelling said it, Schiavone. Oh, dear. It wasn't the greatest goals in the history of professional football. It may, might, it might, it might have been. But yeah, Skiavone, Ryan Skiavone. Skiavone, no, Shivoni. Terrible work by Jeff Stalin. So the wedding commences again later in the show. Who um, objects to this wedding? Keebler raises her hand. Oh no, the father of Stacy's child is. <gasps> Not David Flair. Who's the daddy? <laughs> Who is the daddy? Is it is it Glenn Ross, the uh, world's strongest man from Ireland, or <laughs> Big Daddy, or who did it turn out to be? Violent J. Violent J. It didn't end up being Violent J, did it? No. Oh, you're actually asking. Yeah. Um, who, who was the daddy? They dropped the storyline. Uh, she basically came out and um, in like March time because they basically forgot all about the storyline. Um, and yeah, she basically as a fake pregnancy just wrote it off uh, and she became Sean Stasiak manager instead. Now, the original plan apparently was it was going to be, you'll never believe this one, but Vince Russo would have been the father. Vince Russo would have written himself to have uh, shagged Stacey Keebler because he, of course, he would have done. Yeah. Okay, now. I actually thought watching this, was it Rick Flair who was going to be the father? No, that's the line that we go with originally, but they sort of like, oh, it's, it's not Rick. I think you'll get to a nitro if you're not starting towards Halloween Havoc, where, oh, or maybe in like the November where Rick confirms he it's not him, definitely not. He said, I'm not having any of this shit. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um. So, WCW Thunder, September 19th, the final thing before the pay-per-view, thank God. Uh, so we have Team Canada versus General Rection and Jim Duggan. Oh, Jim Duggan out of retirement after three days. Basically an handicap match, though, as Duggan was taken out in the back. Duggan does get to ringside, but it's too late as Rection taps. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, as Arsenal go 1-0 up. I was uh, good, uh, glad to and drop out. it out. looks like it is someone with brown hair. Hey. <laughs> it's good old it's brown hair. Martinelli, isn't it? Is it? Excellent. I, I like you got him on my team. Martinelli. Yeah, good Get lad. In. Get in. You, you, you beauty. I've got six pound on him to score or assist. Or yeah. is it offside? Oh, bollocks. What? Is he offside? No, he's on. He's on. He's on. He's, he's on. on. He, he he's on. on. He's on. He's on. Yes, get in there. I've got him in me. 
FPL. Mm. Also, six pound at five to two. You fucking beauty. Anyway, um, Duggan, bit slow. Don't get there. Should shouldn't have got punched in the kidneys that much by Goldberg. He wouldn't. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Nash and Steiner versus Booker T and the Cat WCW title in a tag match with seven minutes left in the program. Wait, so it's a tag title match. No, it's involving... a WCW title match. Yeah, involving the cat as well in a tag yes. ta- in a tag match. Yes. Okay. When, okay. When, you know, a bit like um, Arquette and fucking who's Oh, yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah, so... I mean, it, David Arquette was a well-worthy title contender and bloody the cat, though. Come on. So Goldberg comes in on the bike, Spears, Steiner, Jack Hammer, crowd go mad and match ends in the DQ. Thunder goes off the air. Yeah, that'll do it. Four brawl. So, I mean, to be fair, it wasn't the worst build-up towards four brawl. It seems to be a bit more sensible than normal, but yeah. Still the same old Russo nonsense, of course. Yeah, it's it's better, I would say. I, I did find myself this time picking and choosing stuff from the episodes because I think a lot of the stuff, um, it was very much like, um, you know, imagine an American wrestling show over here where you just yeah. use six wrestlers and basically oh, yeah, it's yeah. between all them. So anything with Nash, Steiner, Goldberg, Booker T, Jarrett, mm. that's all you had to watch. Yeah, maybe an odd sting thing, or if I like Keeble and David Flair, but that's all you had to watch through this yeah. like um, run of TV, which it's not too bad when you've got about fourteen episodes between each. Yeah, but I say it's not the worst thing in the world. To be fair, you know, it's it's fine. Shall we get into fall brawl? Sure. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, so September 17th, 2000, two hours, 42 minutes and 21 seconds on the docket. Yeah. First match now, cruiserweight title. Mm-hmm. Kwee versus Elix Skipper. What do you think, Chris? Um, I actually thought this was a decent match, actually. Yeah, I... Um... Because I, I, I saw it on paper and thought, oh, okay, bloody hell. But now uh, these two seem to have quite decent chemistry together, which really took me by surprise. Because, I mean, Inix Skipper, we know, has always been quite decent, despite his finisher. Queewee has always just been sort of there. But no, um, it almost felt like a proper wrestling match in the Cruiserweight division, which we've not seen on paper for you in bloody months. But yeah, yes. go away. Sorry. Oh, no, sorry, sorry, you, you, you go on. Yeah, so um, with this one, Skipper does a, a springboard moonsault that totally wipes out the cameraman. D- just went, just literally. Yeah, that was, that was a good shot. Not, not, not intentional, but that was a cracking shot. The way the, the director didn't cut away, I, I just like really solved that move as well. I sort of like it when that sort of thing happens. I know it's a health and safety nightmare, but yeah, I do like it. There was one on SmackDown. Um, couple of weeks ago with Liv Morgan doing a table spot onto Lacey Evans. Yeah. And they sort of film her from so we we're on camera at this, but like to the to the left is like um Liv Morgan right on top, ready to go and that yeah. that's where the camera is there. So when she comes down like proper ass first on onto Lacey through the table, her feet are going right into the camera. Nice. 
So it's a fucking great, it's a great table spot. They, they show it on Extreme Rules, on like the highlight, highlight package. Oh, yeah, yeah. I might watch some of that later on, so I'll probably see that. Yeah, no, it's, it's re- really good. Um, so Skipper actually wins with the overdrive. Decent yeah. opener. It I was. Get, I, the only I issue did, with this match was um, Mike Sanders interferes. Yeah, the natural born fellas come out. Yeah. And uh, he, he interferes. I think he hits Query with Stickball back. But in all fairness, though, the match continues for a couple of minutes longer. So it's a bit screwy, but it's relatively clean, actually, in all fairness. Yes. Uh, what do you go on this? See how the ratings go here. Yeah, this is going to be an interesting one. All pay per view because this is actually quite a decent effort. Um, I'm going to say three and a quarter. Ooh, two point seven five. Oh, I just okay. keep putting down I... a bit for the bit of the screwy spots, but uh, yeah, generally uh, good. That's it. In all fairness, I think that screw. I don't know why I needed the screwy spot, but it didn't really affect the ending of the match, so I, I was quite happy with it. It just, it basically just put Queery at a bit of disadvantage towards the end, but yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Second match now. Free count versus the Misfits in action. Mm. Oh, God. During this match, who gets sent through the table? Oh, no. Bloody hell. He sets up the table and he gets put through the table. He's an idiot. It's the wall, brother. Yeah. It's like my favourite running joke at this point, just the wall being absolutely shit at its own specialism. <laughs> um, what what did you think of this uh, match-up? Again, this is actually a really good match. Uh, for all intents and purposes, it was a uh, trio's uh, cruiserweight match, but with a wall slapped in there as well, which sort of added an, a nice little extra element to it as well, in, in all fairness. But this was the most impressed I've been with uh, free count as well because the ladder match last month with the Young Dragons, you can sort of hide a lot more when you're doing the highest spots. But we actually had to wrestle here, and like um, Shane and uh, uh, Shane Helms and Shannon Roy in particular looks quite good here, um, and like uh, so, so did uh, Charter and uh, Lash Larue. It's it's been a while since I've been able to produce anything decent, and yeah, all round. Yeah, it, it was it was a very fun match. And again, it was another one that took me by surprise because I wasn't expecting that much given the year era that we're in. No, it was good. It, it's, it was very much um, a six-man tag thrown together because these two weren't feuding, really, were they? No, they, no, they weren't. I think it was just a, a, an extra match, a special addition to the card for what I used to do back in the old days in WCW. Yeah. So uh, what, what did you go on it? Um, I went just ever so slightly low. I went three stars, three point two five. Oh, right, okay, yeah, interesting. So what interesting. you went? What you went? The opener. Yeah, yeah. I think I was just a bit more impressed with the opening match because it was only like the two of them there. There was, um, they had a bit less to work with, and they produced something I thought was very good. Was this? It, it's got all the bells and whistles on it, but they did a good job with it. So yeah, all good. Third match now. Harris Boys versus Chronic in a first blood tag team chain match. How many more gimmicks can you add to one match? <laughs> um, what, what, what do you think of this one? And I, I'd, I'd like to hear your opinion on this because I'll probably surprise you. Uh, it, it was a slight come down. I, mm-hmm. I, I wasn't into this much, no offense. 
My main issue is with first blood matches. I cannot actually recall a first blood match that didn't end with this screwy finish. It always feels like with a first blood match, that one person bleeds and manages to hide it while they make the other person bleed and then they win. Yeah, Austin Kane. Austin, Austin Kane's won. Uh, Flair Hogan at Uncensored 99's won. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure TNA did it about six million times. Oh, TNA's got to have done it, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, but it it always it always feels like this how this is how these first blood matches go. I mean, they've had the chain element, which is basically a strap match, but it's made out of chains. Then you got Harris Brothers, who aren't very good as well, and it just didn't really do it for me. Um. So um, obviously, like Chris said. Oh, fuck around with the who, who was bleeding. Uh, ref spots uh, Adams is busted open. Boo! Even though the Harris boys were cut open to fuck. I will say here the most competent Harris boys match in a while. Two and a half stars. Hmm. Interested. It kept me attention. No, it didn't for me. That's the thing. One and a half stars. The Perry Saturn Raven of its era. I guess so. <laughs> Fourth match now. Landstorm versus General Rection. Huge Erection. With Jim Duggan as a ringside enforcer. Yeah. Oh, gee whiz. What's going to happen here? I wonder. Swerve, bro. Yeah. With his clearly wearing an extra T-shirt underneath as well. He was, yeah. Well, he, he wanted the warmth, didn't he? Yeah. It's the mean? warmth, brother. It's a warmth, brother. Oh. <laughs> uh, what did you think of this match then, Chris? I think it should have been better than what it was. Ooh. Hugh Boris isn't a terrible wrestler, in all fairness to him. Um, it's just never had a good or decent, a, a classic match. I don't know. I feel like they have better matches because they're now feuding with, with each other for the rest of the year, by the way. I think this goes over four months. I feel like they do better than what we do here. And I think they realise that having a decent match isn't exactly the headline here, which is Jim Duggan turning heel and going to Canada. Um, it felt like they just had a very generic two-star match for six minutes until Duggan got the apron with his two-by-four as... Hugh Morris was going to a top rope, and that's what it feels like to me. It, it felt like the most blatantly obvious finish was there. and I think Duggan blew the spot as well. I think he stepped on the apron about 20, minutes, 20 seconds too early. It felt like 20 yeah. minutes, but it was 20 seconds too early. He just, <laughs> yeah. he just hung around like an idiot. Oh. Everyone saw what was coming. It was pretty obvious. Yeah. I uh, believe it um, could be Duggan's first ever run as a heel as well. It, ever. Probably was, yeah. 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 I couldn't remember him, you know, him doing it either before WWE. Like, uh, AWA days, maybe, but yeah, yeah. It's it's certainly his first heel turn in at least 20 years that I'm certainly aware of. So, um, what you go on this match? Uh, Doug and Wallop's um, reaction with the 2 by 4 and turns on America. Yeah. Um, I said generic two star match, so I would stick with two stars. Two stars from me. Yeah. 
uh, and maybe an extra eighth of a star for the hilarious commentary afterwards. Tony Schiavone doing the Owen Hart voice because Jim Duggan turned comedian. Amazing. Mm. Absolutely brilliant stuff. It feels like even Schiavone was taking the piss. And they, they, they love their Owen Hart voice, don't they? They all do. They still do it to this day, don't they? If anything, mm. Owen Hart's death was like revolutionary for the business. Ooh. Ooh. Um, don't blame me, blame all the carnies that's so all that I thought oh we exploit that, that's rescuing for you it's always like Eddie Guerrero when they bring out the free amigos it's like let me fucking sleep lads, stop fucking Nicky Manoeuvres exactly, it's the same thing you know bringing up the dead again Yeah. Um, so yeah Gene Oakland calls the uh, natural born fillers uh, pricks and pissants yeah which is uh, it, it, it tells Sean O'Hare to blow up his ass and everything like that as I said earlier on, it's latter day being Gene Oakland has done, you know, the same stick for years and years. This is actually a brilliant idea for a changing character. I was going to say Pricks and Pissant sounds like a Brit Rest book from 2022, doesn't it? It does, yeah, yeah. In fact, I think, I'm sure that's one of the many uh, tag teams in progress. It, it, pro- it probably is, yes. Um, match five, Natural Born Fillers versus the Filthy Animals and Paul Orndorff and Vito and Johnny the Bulls with, an M- with the MBT as well. When did that happen? Uh, they probably went past him in the locker room and said, how are you fixed, lad? All right. I think uh, Stacey not fit, so... Yeah, Ragged yeah. Hoping I... Johnny. But Mamelukes have split. Thank fuck for that. No more Harris Boys matches. Hey. <laughs> um, highlights of this match, Jin and O'Hare, Chuck, Hoovy from the outside in. Orndorff eliminating Johnny the Bull with a pile driver. Orndorff pile drives Jin but he injures himself and he's left laying. So basically, this is where the match just falls apart because they're working yeah, yeah. basically around a dead dead lifeless body yeah and uh, they're trying to <laughs> so uh, you know when he goes down they try and continue the match but we don't have the sense to just go outside and brawl they try and still do spots within the ring yeah and the problem that they have it's all well and good but at one point we then get too close to the the, uh, the body again as they like start working <laughs> And then you have like the canvas is like bouncing up and down because they're like doing stuff, and it's just like lads, there's a guy with a potential broken leg, neck here. Uh, any movement could uh, seriously jeopardize his, you know, his life. Yeah. So Charles Robson just doesn't have, he has no choice. And thank fuck, he, he um, just says, no, I'm not finishing this match, calls it off. Yeah. Um... <sighs> Which we'll say. No. Sorry. Oh, no, so we, which will say we do say later on in the show during the main event they confirm it's just a stinger and um, or Orndorff was perfectly okay. Ah, good, good stuff, good stuff. Yeah. But, but they, they, they had to shoot away from it, didn't they? And um, try and avoid. Yeah. Them. Again, all, all the right calls up time. They just they should have stopped the match. <laughs> As soon as it was quite clear, it was not okay because it's like a neck, a neck injury. But it's, it's hard to say in the heat of the moment, you know, you know what should be done. Mm. But um, for, for, for me, I'm not sure if you've started watching ahead to Halloween Havoc yet, but this match continues tomorrow night on Night Show. Oh, right. Yeah, so 
So they start off. They start off again as oh, one team's got um, they, one they start, team's got three, yeah, and one think, team's got two, and then dip. Yeah, well, I, I think it's uh, four on two, five on two, and that match, the opening match of the uh, night the next night restarts the match, and oh, uh, right. you'll enjoy the finish. Mm, right, it's basically like the uh, snooker in it when they've done the uh, the final session of the evening. Yeah, <laughs> natural born killers <laughs> five, filthy animals two will rejoin the frame at eleven a.m. in the morning of the crucible. <laughs> yep, weird way of doing it, but uh, <laughs> next time on SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> um. What do you give it as a rating? You can't really, you can only rate it for the first um, bit of up, it. Up on top of porn and off stuff, I'd say about two and a half. I was actually somewhat enjoying it. Um, it was one of those where people were getting eliminated really quickly. Mm. Uh, you know, they're basically rest about seven minutes. Then they thought, well, we're going to start running out of time here. So everyone starts just getting pinned over whatever. It, it, it was perfectly fine, but for a seven-on-seven seven match, it's a sort of thing that, like, literally, it would be boring as fuck, but you need 45 minutes of that sort of match, which you, obviously you don't going to get. Yeah, so start and half, I give that one. Talking about uh, four wrestlers absolutely shitting themselves. Match six now. It's the Pittsburgh Plunge match. We've heard yeah. Kip Medusa. This is the franchise and Tory Wilson. Um Tell us about um, some of the backstory of this, Chris. Um, they what? didn't want to get up there, did they? No, they didn't. Um, yeah, it's... <laughs> Scaffold matches have always been a terrible idea to begin with, and in all fairness to this one, the way it's set up seems a lot safer than the ones that, like, your bloody Jim Cornette's novel had to do back in the day. So it's not overring, it's over... The stage and there's two massive cushions there. You know the same ones that Sting fell through when it got set on fire. Yeah. And yeah, I I don't think any of the, if I remember rightly, any of the four that I've talked about this since then, I've I've absolutely hated how they'll put the situation being put in a scaffold match. That obviously requires two of them to at least do a big bump off the stage. Tory Wilson just wanted to keep at one one end. <laughs> I, I, I think she weren't moving. She was basically hugging the thing, and I think if I remember rightly, that was all a complete shoot. I don't. She just completely abandoned any semblance of trying to have a match. Bet she were like, I wish I could go back to fitness modeling. Yeah, yeah, and, and Medusa was. I think Medusa basically fucked off to monster truck racing straight afterwards because of this sort of shit as well. <laughs> So I want to say this is the last time we see Medusa in WCW, if, I'm, if I remember rightly. I could be wrong. Yeah. But, but, but I think this is it for her. As she's um, pushed off into the cushion below. And yeah, um, Kidman gets thrown off. Does not like bump in all fairness. So yeah, he, he falls off like a sack of shit, so it looks quite effective. But it's a nothing match because... Everyone's too afraid to do anything apart from really say spots precisely in the centre of this massive scaffold. Mm. Um, bloody hell. <laughs> Red Pro are trying to do a live stream from Southampton. Oh dear. I've even got bloody internet in Southampton. 
by the sounds of it, the uh, the feed is uh, shit in the bed at the moment. So uh, for, for, from reporters of that on-demand service, but um, t- it, you know, after after uh, reviewing that match, not point five, shit. Yeah, they were too scared, weren't they? They were. I'm gonna have to agree on that one. Yeah, with no no controversy whatsoever, it wasn't very good. But again, it it can't be because most scaffold matches. I think I've seen one all right one. I I randomly watched a scaffold match from. Oh, what was it called? WCCW, the one based in Texas, involving some Von Eric stuff. That lot. I've that I've seen one that was okay. Is but, it? Is the one with the cor- the cornet one? You know where he fucking falls off. I mean, if that that one's still shite as well. To be fair, mm. yeah, I don't think WWE did one, did they? No, they, they never did a scaffold match. Mm, did they? Strange. No, no they never did. did. I think uh, the only thing they've done like, high up is when Hart went off the uh, Titan Trump. Yeah, I think it's probably one of those that Vince McMahon considered to be one of those wrestling concepts like War Games, where we just. Yeah. Did a, that's what the other people did. He never wanted to do it. Which, to be fair, it was, it was the right call because of a bit of shit, aren't they? Yeah. Um, it, it, scaffold matches are like... It's like watching Formula 1 just to see a big uh, pile-up at the beginning of a race. It's that mm. sort of concept. And the review of ad from uh, Red Pro's on-demand service. Stop it, stop it, bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Um, talking of bullshit, uh, um, I, I, I thought that's uh, what we were saying at title. <laughs> anyway, um, um, uh, match seven now. <laughs> talking of bullshit, it's Vampiro, Great Muta, Sting in a three-way match. Bear in mind, Sting beat both these in a handicap match the other week. In a in a total of four two minutes. minutes, two minutes nine, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, this is this is poor again, isn't it? It is. I am so sick of this. I think this is <laughs> this is mercifully, I think, the last time that they face each other. Maybe. Can't make any guarantees. Sting moves on to Jeff Jarrett for Halloween Havoc. Ooh. But, but, but oh, that's the, oh, no, that's the one with about 25 Stings, isn't it? That's right, it's uh, Chris Harris, though. I like dressed as Stings. Oh, right. I, I like James Storm and everyone. That's bad. That that's a bad one, isn't it? Um, perversely entertaining, if I remember rightly. But we'll review that uh, later this month, obviously. Oof. But yeah, I think I'm gonna. I'm I'm just gonna ignore the match and just sum up my thoughts in a star rating for this entire feud. Quarter star. Get out. Fuck off. Half. Yeah. Bad. Go away. Sting's fed up of beating these two idiots. I I would be as well. You know, you you want to challenge sometimes. You don't want to just do the easiest thing possible day in day out. I don't know. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm wired differently, I guess. Um. Yeah. Shit. Um. Eighth match now. Jeff Jarrett, Mike Awesome with Gary Coleman. What are you talking about? Uh, oh, they, they have the backstage thing, don't they? Where he, he tries and not say the line. It's a bit like Richard Wilson in that episode of Fat <laughs> Ted. Yeah. I did believe it. it. Yeah. <laughs> so Pamela Paul shot let, lets out the line, innit? That's right, yeah, yeah. Talking I'm about... 
I'm ready to give some feet. Oh, you sort of look. And yeah, there we go. Gary Coleman. And then we've also got the entire Buffalo Bills starting lineup at ringside as well for this match. Some, some beef there, isn't there? That's a lot of beef. Wow. Um, You know what? So it's Jarrett and Mike Orson. Actually, all right, this match. Um, you know, was, with, with all the with all the bollocks with the with all the bollocks, Gary Coleman. I, I'd been interested to see this match as a more straightforward match. I think on paper it looks like a really good match. I just think there's a bit too much bollocks that happens in this match to really get a great idea of how these two would have gone together. Because mm. I don't think we actually wrestle each other again after this, if if I remember rightly. And again, it's, you're talking about you got Gary Coleman in there, you've got Buffalo Bills in there. I think Sting runs in defence, doesn't he? Because that's how the match ends. Yeah, it's. Um, is so, Mike Orson down the card after this? Yes. Yeah, yeah. But this is actually about the biggest, most high profile match in terms of card position he's had in his old WWE okay. run because he's third from top here, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's as high-profile match as he actually has in WCW, as weirdly, as strange as that sounds. Bloody hell. It's, it's bad for him, that, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, Gary Coleman actually gets into the ring, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, he does. Takes one of the best guitar shots ever, even better than fucking old bug eyes. He, he fucking sold it like a chump as well. It was, it was uh, quite gratifying to see. I hope he got paid well for it. I mean, he probably didn't need to be paid well. He probably just needed for money, didn't he? Mm. Um, I'm trying to think. Did he ever do Celebrity Big Brother over here? He must have fucking done. All the hard-up celebs did it. It's a good question. I want to say he did at least one reality TV show, but I'm not sure whether or not it was the one here or if it was the American equivalent. I shall have a quick look. Yeah. Um, so with this one, Sting comes in. And Death, Scorpion Death drops uh, Jarrett and Awesome ends up winning. One, two, three. I went three stars on this match, Christopher. Oh, interesting, because I sort of went a bit lower. I went uh, two and a half just because for us, it, it, it was all right, but it just didn't get a good scope of what this match could have been like. Mm. It, like I said, there's all sorts of bollocks going on. Match number nine now. So, to answer your question, by the way, from the looks of it, I could be wrong, but he never actually did a reality TV show, in all fairness to him. Oh. You know, I thought he would have actually, you know, lowered himself to that that level. He would have been good good on um, Celebrity Big Brother. Yeah, but what he kept doing was appearing as himself in stuff. Mm. So, so like... um, so he'd like he would make appearances in um, variety TV shows, but as as himself, and he also like here is like did an episode of Drake and Josh as himself, an episode of BattleBots as himself, an episode of. Uh, was, was, it, was he actually dressed as one of the robots in BattleBots? No, <laughs> just like with like Tim on his head. Obviously, it was in The Simpsons as himself a couple of times. Yeah, you know, he, he basically just. He got stereotypes, obviously, and uh, he just had to play up to it to make a living. When I hear of BattleBots now, I just think of the UK version, which uh, stage director is uh, one one old Glenn, Glenn Joseph. 
Yeah, I heard he was doing that now. Mm. Uh, so, shall we get <laughs> to match number nine, please? Um, but before which... make, before comment that, uh, we'll get uh, redacted. Yes. Okay, <laughs> right. So, yeah. So, 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 match number nine now, which is maybe the best match of WCW 2000. Yeah. It's the one and only Scott Steiner versus Big Bill, Big mm. Goldberg. What a fucking match. It's, I, yes, it is. It's like one of those where you put those two together on paper and you dream up what a match like that could look like. And in all fairness to both of them, because, you know, obviously this is Russo era WCW as well. They both put in a hell of a shift and it, this is a, an actual fantastic match. Basically, the um, premise of this is, are they going to follow the script or something? Yeah, yeah. And, and they just think, oh, fuck that. And we just basically spend the next, what, 15 minutes or so just slabbing and beating the shit out of each other. It is actually... I, I'm amazed both these two at this point WCW even wanted to put that sort of shift in, but they just sort of brought each other's game up by uh, several levels. And yeah, I'm, I really bloody enjoyed this one. I mean, I, as I teased earlier on this year, I thought, if I remembered rightly, I thought it'd be a good match, but this was a really fucking good match. I, I always remember the Power Slam article with this because just see the results in there and they said straight away, this is like one well, of the matches of the year, this. Just from yeah, reading yeah. Like seeing the pictures and just the the rides up in Power Slam. Yeah, that's how, that's how I remember it from back in them days. But I think the build the build up to this match was great, and the the payoff with the actual match with uh, Steiner getting the getting the victory uh, mm. with uh, walloping um, Bill twice with the pipe. Obviously, Cunty Bollocks has to get involved, Russo. Because but, yeah, yeah. But take that away. It's it's a, it's it's just two hard bastards just yeah it's superfluous I can look past because with Deja's there as well she gets in a few pipe shots and Russo gets in a few bat shots but in all fairness they're so weak it's Steiner then hits him in the face with the lead pipe for a couple of times mm-hmm. that's the difference maker which in a logical standpoint makes much more sense so I don't mind the other two because at least Steiner goes oh fuck this and he's the one that has the killer blow. But yeah, we've had some actual fantastic spots here as well, like the, the uh, tombstone reversed into a power storm, for example. Yeah. That was great. Um, Steiner comes off the top rope at one point and just gets... Uh, top, rope just... Belly, top rope belly to belly. Yeah, top rope belly to belly. I know there's one where Steiner jumps off and Goldberg just like grabs him and just slams him right away, like mid-air. Like, that was fantastic. Like Goldberg bleeds of this match as well, which I don't think he's ever done deliberately before no the only time he probably bled to death was when he put his arm through that window yes correct yeah 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 so so he's actually like bladed for I think the first time ever and um, yeah there's like a couple of times like Goldberg because it's basically a match of attrition like Steiner keeps finding things to throw at Goldberg and I mean I know it's Medeja and Russo and as a result there's a couple of times with Steiner's Point of stand and recliner, but Goldberg manages to fight out of them, and it's just like this real like the 15 minutes is basically Steiner through any means necessary, finally, finally wearing down Goldberg enough where he can't respond 
when he finally when he puts him in the definitive standard recliner, and I think it's just a, a fantastic little story as well. No, take away all the Russo sports entertainment interference shit as a pure match alone. Really good. And yeah, I think this, yeah, I, I'm going to call it my match of the year for WWE 2000. Absolutely. Four stars for me. Yeah, same here. I, I think that was it. Russo takes off quarter of a star. Yeah, which in terms of, you know, you want to talk about like conversion rates and all that lot. Four star WWE 2000 is about 6.5 on Dave Meltzer's AEW scale. So. Mm. Ooh. Oh, it's one all anyway. Um, Liverpool oh, Arsenal. Oh, that's good. I took a, I gave her in and I took him out of my team completely. So uh, Darwin Nunes. I've got him in my draft team. So come on, Darwin. Yeah, I do um, with my team once upon a time. Yeah, Luis Diaz um, assist. He also got booked as well, Luis Diaz. Oh, that's good, because I took him out of my team this last week. Uh, I, I replaced him with Madison. Mm. Um, anyway, Gabriel Jesus has had a shot on target, so we're all hanging on Marcus Rashford to have one shot on target tonight against Everton. You never know. No, sc- no school dinners for him in the morning if he's not get this bloody shot yeah. on target. Tonight. Anyway... Sorry for that um, diversion. We've done a lot of diverting in this episode, but who, who cares? It's We've always been a, an anarchy podcast, haven't we? Yeah, it's uh, boring sticking to the script. It is. <laughs> That's why Vince Russo, you know, wanted, always wanted to not follow the script. Swerve, bro. We're going to Swerve. a football score, bro. Bro. Um, as we get into the main event now, which is for the WCW title, in a cage match, it's Kevin Nash, the champion, versus Booker T. Don't hate the player. Hate the game. <laughs> hate the game. Um, what In a cage match one? as well. Just, you say cage, cage match. match again. Yeah, it's a cage match as well, just because. What do you think? It was a short main event, probably to its advantage. It was only like nine minutes long and in all fairness I think this is one of Kevin Nash's better matches as well it's a really solid just nine minute wall to wall just sort of like each um, wrestler bringing like their best of what I've got and again I'll find it really bloody entertaining it was a I'll give a star rating out as a good I'd say again in a WCW 2000 scale it's a three and a half star match for me really good I, I, I really enjoyed it 325 I went on this one. Yeah, yeah. But um he got busted open during this Nash, which is uh, very strange for him to do a bit of work for a change. Yeah, I've, I've got to say, I think he <laughs> I, I think he felt a bit um insecure after Goldberg show blood. It was like, oh I'll do that as well. So yeah, he he, he got caught caught open. And again, it was one where Booker was fighting from underneath, but this time Booker was able to overcome it when he managed a very nice finish where he uh, slipped out with Jackknife Powerbomb straight to the bookend for the win. Mm. But yeah, it, again, it a really solid couple of matches to end this show, which for WCW in general, you never had the main event matches be the ones that really wrap up the show nicely and leave you satisfied. So this is a rarity as well. It'd just generally be uh, Jeff Jarrett and Booker, weren't it? Yeah, 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 that's right. 
Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, Booker T ends the show to become WCW champion for probably the third time already. Uh, no, this is only second in all fairness. Second? Third? No, second. second. No, second, he lo- yeah. he loses it. He loses it and he gains it again before Halloween Havoc. Yeah. Three three point two five for me that match. But um, overall, Chris, as a pay per view, one of the better offerings, I would say. Um, I'd probably say, if not the best pay per view of the year in WWE two thousand. Um, just really solid all around. Considering we just had the worst one the month before as well. You know, you've got the main event. You've got Steiner Goldberg was really good. You've got the opening two matches, Skipper Kiwi and the six-man between MIA and Free Count. That were fantastic as well. Um, and, yeah, about to say, if there's still some bollocks in there, obviously. The scaffold match wasn't very good. Sting and Vampiro again. But, again. Yeah. Uh, There's one, two, three, four, four matches which are all around three, three and a quarter, and you got a four-star match. That's a bloody good pay-per-view in my in in my book. Which uh, you would, if a WCW in two thousand, it's absolute bloody miracle. But yeah, that would be a a definite thumbs up for this show. Absolutely, it's yeah, it's it's been good. Yeah, so there you go. That's uh, another chapter of this WCW 2000 story ended. Next month, uh, we're doing Halloween Havoc, Chris, aren't we? We are indeed, which, speaking of going from bad to good, we're about to get to an absolute shiter once again. Uh, oh, let, let me check who's in this Who's in this pay-per-view. So, 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 so the main event, with no context given whatsoever, it's Goldberg versus Chronic. No, and it's... you've got to look at, and you've got to look at that face thinking, how the fuck do we even get Goldberg versus Chronic and my the main event? You'll oh, see. I was thinking it's not the one with Sarge, is it? No. I mean the Sarge is for one that happens in two thousand one. Right. It's, that it's uh, him and Sarge against uh Buff Bagwell Lex Lugo at Sin two thousand one. But no, this is Goldberg on his own versus Chronic. Chronic? Return bad? Yep. Correct. Main event chronic as well. Jindrak so and O'Air versus Mysterio and uh, Kidman. Reno versus Sergeant Awol, probably in a tables match. Yeah, Reno tables wins. match, probably. Yeah. Palumbo and Stasiak versus Cajun and Loco. Yay. That sounds fun. Look at this one on Grapple 0.53. Conan and Tigress versus Shane Douglas and Tory Wilson. Oh, God, that is shite. I, I remember that one. Oh, good grief. We went full Phil Scolari face, eh? No. Oof. <laughs> Conan's always been one of the most overrated wrestlers known to man, woman, and child. He, he had like about two good matches in early night, night six to ECW, and that's been it for him. He's always. Been shit. Charismatic, don't get me wrong in places, but I mean mainly steering road dog shtick, but doing with other words. But yeah, I never got him that much. That's enough. Yeah, yeah. That fucking shite. Rubbish. Um who else? 
Buff Bagwell versus David Flair. In a first blood DNA match. What? what? <laughs> a first blood DNA match. Is this to find out who's the dad? So they get the Correct. blood from the person to... Correct, yes. Yeah. What? Yeah. What? I know. Gets better from there. I'll tell you what, it's probably not a bad idea when you when you say it then, but what the fuck? Oh, my God. Mike, San- yep. Mike Sanders versus the cat. In, in a... A puss, pussy galore. <laughs> no. Kickboxing match. Kickboxing? A kickboxing match. So, so here we go. So, these last three matches on grapple. Yeah. So, the Conan Tigress has got 0.53. Bagwell yep. and Flair has got 0.98. This is yes. from 10 volts. So, 10 volts is not too bad. Mike Sanders and the Cat, 0.48. Yep. Oh. We've got some old timers in, in that bit of a card, oh, that's for sure. Oh. Mike Orson versus Vampiro. So, at least Vampiro's got away from old Stingy. Yeah, but this is also the match that uh, ends his run in WCW. Is it? What, yes. Why is that? He, he gets a concussion from the finish. Uh, you know, that completely fucks him up. I basically it's Vampiro's time in mainstream American wrestling, that's for sure. Right. Bloody hell. Yeah. It's also the famous match uh, because we're going to the crowd and it doesn't go so well. But I'll, uh, I won't reveal anything more than that. Oh, no. Here we go. A handicap match. So, the awesome and Vampiro, 1.53. Yeah. Jim Duggan and Lance Storm versus General Rection. Oh, no. <laughs> 1.43. Oof. Fucking hell. Jeff Jarrett Sting. That's the one with all the stings. That's right, yes. 2.13. Mm-hmm. Booker T. Scott Steiner. 2.6, which is almost a five-star match. It is in WCW. And the main event, Goldberg versus Chronic. Mm. <laughs> 1.42. There you go. Jesus wept, Chris. Main event, Chronic. Main event, Chronic. What? What's gone on? That's for it's you to find it's, out. It's us saying this is like one of the best pay-per-views we just had to some absolute... Bogwart. <laughs> yeah. That's WCW for you. Fucking hell. They promise you much. It's like TNA, isn't it? You yeah, yeah. get the notes up and then they stick Bully Ray as number one contender. <laughs> oh, I mean, fucking hell. Why? What the hell happened there? Good grief. Good grief. Um, but there you go, Chris. Thanks yeah. for another month. Uh, where can we follow you? Got any plugs? Uh, you can follow me at Wilson on uh, Twitter and you can also listen to my podcast Cinemortuary at Cinemortuary and all the socials where today uh, we've just released our fifth anniversary episode. Five Ooh. years of doing this shit. Yeah, so we reviewed yeah, the uh, Fear Street Part 2 1978 uh, uh, that we've uh, watched. So if you want to check that out, that'd be much appreciated. Good stuff. Uh, follow me at Occupart Free on Twitter at GCP Podcast One. Um, you can also listen to me. I've been on Grapple Spotlight recently with uh, Ben Owen uh, JP talking all things Stardom, Hanoki, AEW, 
the the old shebang um, mm. are on there. Also, uh, I'm a regular as uh, Mr. Chips on a uh, Grapple FPL. Got no chips left, have you? I've no chips left. I'm hanging on till December when I get one of them wild cards left or whatever they give me. You sound like an addict. You try to kick your rabbit. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just a gambler's uh, nature I've got. Uh, and we both know you're going to use that wild card for a minute it gets activated. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, Big yeah, it. yeah. Um, so, yeah, you can listen to us on there. We've also recently done a podcast with uh, Kieran LaFort going through episode three and four of Transatlantic Wrestling Challenge, which will have the uh, final two episodes coming up in uh, about a week or two. Um, we'll, we'll finally see who wins. Is it a goth in a bin bag who wins? Well, probably is. Uh, <laughs> cheers, Chris. Hey, cheers. Thank you very much. Pleasure once again. No problem. It's been a GCP. Take care. Sleep tight. Don't have nightmares.